You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change too. It's crazy. For the first time in 63 years, members of SAG-AFTRA and the WGA are on strike at the same time because of the greed of the Hollywood studios. After decades of being told, if you don't take the deal, someone else will, members of SAG-AFTRA decided enough was enough, and this ends now. These companies could have agreed to every single item in our proposal package without a problem whatsoever in their bottom line. Bob Iger of Disney gets a 500% bonus based on the stock performance. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. We have a problem. I don't see saying after checks on my table. That's the first check. That's the second check. And that's the third check. And that's why we're going to strike. Now we are all going to be in trouble. We are all going to be replaced by machines. So the jig is up, AMPTP. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. Let's go. You share the wealth because you cannot exist without us. Damn straight. Says Sag after strong. Corporations is making millions off a mother that's doing the work for them. All they're asking for is their fair share. There you go. A little film short, but it's not a film. Just a, it's not a movie. It says this is not a movie. This is our lives put together by 11 films uh, to start the show today. No, no funny parody song or anything. Um, welcome to the show and welcome to our guest. We have a special edition of the show today. Uh, I'm thrilled to welcome to the program David Jolliffe, Francis Fisher and Sean Astin. Um, they are three members of the SAG-AFTRA 
executive committee, the negotiating board, uh, they are on strike and and good for you guys. Uh, and today I want you to explain to the people why, because a lot of people don't understand. But first, hi. Hi. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Now, I'm just meeting Francis and Sean for the first time, and I'm, I'm kind of in awe, so thank you. Dave Jolliffe and I go back <laughs> a long time, like 35 years. So we were both young and and uh, and prettier then. Um, uh, so I, I don't know if you know the history. Dave Jolliffe used to be in a band called. The, are you still in the Generators? Is the Generator still around? The, the Generators are still around, as you know. We lost Miguel about mm. f- over five years ago, which is horrible. Our little buddy Miguel Ferrer, but uh, Bill Mooney, myself, Tom Haven Street, Gary Stockdale, and and. Uh, we're still together. Um, we, you know, we, we stay in touch. We haven't played in about three years because of COVID. Mm. Uh, and, and by the and, you know, and that we, we have to have oxygen bottles and crutches to get up on stage. But, um, uh, you know, we, we're, we're still all in contact and, uh, the generators still exist and I'm sure we'll go play some more. Well, good. Um, we met back, uh, 30 some odd years ago when I used to produce the Mark and Brian show at KLOS in Los Angeles and the generators were friends of the show. Uh, I do, if we decide later we want to get into it, I've got a little clip from, uh, from uh, Jan, uh, I'm sorry, December 28th, 1992, when you, Miguel, Mumi, and, and Steve Lukather uh, guest hosted the Mark and Brian show with me when they were on yes. vacation. And um, yes. you yes. explain, yes. And, and it actually fits in the theme here because you explain what WALA and ADR is all about. So it's oh, kind ADR. of, yes, it's interesting. So EDR is uh, where after a show is produced, um, uh, we put in the, all of the uh, background voices, like the other person on the side of a telephone mm-hmm. call or the uh, football or baseball or basketball game that you see up onto television, uh, the radio that's in the car, you know, uh, it, that's all done in all what the we other production. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, I've done shows from anywhere from criminal minds to, uh, to uh, Lucifer, to uh, the new show on Netflix called uh, Lincoln Lawyer, which is their number one show right now. Which we love, um, by the way. Great show. Lincoln Lawyer. Love yes. Really good. Really good. Really I, good. I know I you were in the movie. movie. I didn't even know about the movie until we started watching the show. And then I saw you were in the film. Um, so there, there's so much to talk about. But the, the, the ADR, that's those are people who the average movie going audience, TV watching person doesn't realize how many people people go into making a production, whether it be TV or movies. And and it's not only the actors, the people like you who are so recognizable that are on strike. It's it's the people who don't make a lot of money who are hurting and, and you're standing up for them. Yeah. Well, the yeah. ones you're looking at don't make a lot of money either. I mean, that's the whole point. You know, we just talked about Lincoln Lawyer. We only did 10 episodes for a season. Oh, wow. um, that That's the problem. If it was like in the days of Criminal Minds, we'd make 22, 23, 24 episodes in a season and you can cobble together a living. Now with uh, six, eight and 10 episode orders per season where see, and, and longevity is is a thing of the past where, you know, you had Criminal Minds went 16 seasons. Right. Uh, you know, 15 plus another year they picked up a year later. Uh, when you're doing Lincoln Lawyer, I think they're in their second or third season. And who knows, that probably will be it. Uh, that, that's the, that's the issue. But, you know, there you have the full gamut here. You have 
you know, big movie stars like Francis and 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 t- TV and movie people like like uh, like like Sean Astin and myself. Uh, you know, just an everyday journeyman performer. All of us going out there and trying to cobble together. Yes, Francis, you're a movie star. Yes, Sorry. you are. <laughs> did you in, in one of the you... biggest movies of all time? Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, well, and for those so, who don't know, so Francis was in Titanic and uh, The Unforgiven and and a number of others, and you've done a bunch of TV as well. Right. Are we allowed to say that now that we're on strike? You can say oh, what yeah. you've done. You're not promoting no, no, anything. Say the words. Yeah, we shouldn't right. say the words. We're not even going to mention any of their shows because ah. we don't want them to be promoted in any way. So okay. I take back Lincoln Lawyer and I take back Titanic. <laughs> Easy, East Francis. Ooh, okay. The um, ship movie. The ship movie. The ship movie. Yeah, the, ship, the one the with the big movie. thing where the the people died in the stupid submarine going down to look at the ship that. Oh God. Okay, enough of that. Um, and Sean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I have to. Your mother was a fucking treasure. I mean, I grew up with Patty Duke. Um, the Pat, I was trying to explain to my daughter last night, who's 24 now. David, she's 24. Um, wow. That um, about cousins, identical cousins, and she's like, she's looking at me like I'm nuts. But you know, then I also showed her a clip from Room 222. Uh, <laughs> and you know, um, I was just in a, I was given a, 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 a speech in, oh, what's it called, in New York, and uh, the ambassador from Syria was there, and she was, uh, she had gone there right after the tragedy, and she, you know, appointed by Obama, I guess, I don't know. So, but she walks into this house where they have the speakers staying. And we look at each other, and two seconds later, we're singing that whole song. Hey, Patty, who's trend most ever? You know, that whole thing. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that either. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you for saying that about my mom. She's. I just gave this talk down here with the, with the Teamsters, and I'm talking, and people are very, you know, that we're into it and stuff. And then I said, and my mom was former president of the union. Wow, that guy looks like huge cheer from everybody. So yeah, it's, I'm lucky and blessed to be. I had uh, forgotten about that. And 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 your dad, John Aston. Um, you know, we watched that other show. That's sort of the. Um, I'm trying to get in your spirit as well. The show named after the day of the week, the female character in that very famous show that your dad was part of, where he was Gomez, and the remake. Uh, we wanted to see your, we wanted to see John Aston, um, but you know, just he, he because he was so iconic. Yeah, people love my dad. He was, uh, yeah, he's 93 years old. He's going strong. Just got his treadmill set up at his place. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Doing, doing great. Great. So, all right. So we're here today to talk about the strike. Now, let's back up one second because SAG-AFTRA is is the um, the the uh, the organization. Now, it wasn't always that way. When I left LA, it was there was SAG and there was AFTRA, and uh, you know, AFTRA was the radio union, and I I come from radio, and we were always entertainment industry's ugly stepchild. I wasn't around for the you know the merger or any of that. I know that I have a very small after a pension for which I'm really grateful because the radio industry died years ago um, thanks to the Telecommunications Act of 1996. Thank you, Bill Clinton, and and everything that's happened since and Ronald Reagan and the Fairness Doctrine and all that. Radio is a shell of its former self, which is why I live on the Internet these days and have for years. Um, but some years ago, SAG and AFTRA merged, and I guess that not everybody was happy about that. Is it okay? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? 
It's it a, is it's what a, it is. Let's move forward. Okay, let's move on. So there is SAG after you're on strike. Tell us what the main issues are that um, that are that are at play here. You know what? That's what the AMPTP tried to do to us in the press. They complained that we didn't prioritize our our issues. And you know what? Instead of vertically doing it like their companies are vertically integrated, this is a linear negotiation. Everything matters. Every category matters. Every issue is blended. I wouldn't say blended, but it overlaps other issues. We have to get everything because everything is important. Well, let me let me articulate the issues um, okay. individually, Nicole. Uh, number one is uh, our health, our pension health plan. Uh, as many know, in 2020, uh, 8,200 seniors and another three or four thousand of our members lost their health care because of uh, underfunding of the plan. Uh, there are other reasons too, but we don't need to get into that now. Um, we have uh, what are called the contribution caps on our television shows of a half hour and one hour caps. In 1983, those caps were $15,000 on a half hour show. The employer didn't have to pay a contribution above $15,000 per episode and $24,500 on hour shows. Well, in 1983, that captured the majority of what people were earning. Uh, people were earning fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars an episode, which sounds like a lot of money. But to get to that level, there are only a few who get there. But after fifteen thousand, they don't make a contribution. So Jennifer Aniston, when they all the Friends people got lucky and they were making a million dollars an episode, they were on the books at the studio for fifteen thousand dollars. Uh, oh, can I interrupt one show. second? So for, for my yeah. listeners, this is akin to the Social Security and the fact that the cap is what? Uh, the earnings of a, a ra- don't quote me on this, the number, it's around $180,000 a year. So people who are make much more than that, they only pay into Social Security and Medicare up to 180000 and then it's done. Al Franken, well, it's, different, you said- it's different than that, Nicole, because it's different in this aspect that you're paying as the, you know, the employer and the employee do a match uh, into Social Security. Right. This issue, this issue, the contribution is made on top of our salary. So you make and right now the contribution is 20 around 21 percent. So if you made one hundred thousand dollars in that year at that studio, a contribution would be twenty one thousand dollars. But if you earned one hundred thousand dollars on an episode, they would only make a contribution of fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, is that the math? Fifteen thousand, fifteen, uh, three thousand dollars, twenty percent of of fifteen thousand dollars. So instead of making a contribution of twenty percent on a hundred thousand dollars, they're only making a contribution of twenty percent on the first fifteen thousand dollars. So that number hasn't changed for forty years. Wow. We have a proposal to raise that cap to match the inflation that has occurred since 1983. They have offered us something that is minuscule compared to what those inflation numbers uh, would would generate. So that doesn't work. We have a wage proposal. We started at 15% we wanted for the first year, and then 5% in the second year and 5% in the third year. We have lowered our ask to 11% for the first year, 4% in the second year, 4% in the uh, 5% in the third year, in the second year, 4% in the third year, something like that. But the key is the first year, which we have at 11%. They've offered us five. 
That is half of what the inflation has been since to, since 2020. So it's so not it's even regressive. keeping pace with the, the cost of living. Right. Right. Correct. Let alone getting a pay increase. It's 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 uh, we are we are we are just moving backwards. So that's an unacceptable number. Uh, let me show you here. These are, you know, as a working performer. Uh, let me just show you a couple of checks here. Okay. Do you see that number? Uh, that's one cent. That is a check for that? one penny. Do you see that number? That is a check yeah. for one penny. That is another check okay. for one penny. It costs them more to send that to you than it than is than it's worth. Right. Well, there shouldn't be any residual in anywhere in Screen Actors Guild AFTRA that generates a penny residual. So our residuals have not kept up. And especially now in streaming, the formulas are horrible. That needs to be fixed. We have artificial intelligence, which is where they can regenerate our name, voice and likeness make it into something else where we have no control over it and also generate income off of our name, voice, and likeness. A big sticking point in this negotiation has to do with our background performers, where they have a proposal where they want to be able to scan a background performer for a half-day rate, maybe a day rate, which is $100 or $200-ish. And then uh, they want to be able to use that imagery into perpetuity. Now, they say, no, no, um, you know, we'll have to get consent from the background performer, but we can get that consent at the day that they work. Well, that's going to be called a condition of employment. And they're going to say uh, to the background performer, you want the job? Sign this release. Right. Okay, so that needs to be fixed. I mean, uh, Shawnee, anything else that you I mean, it just goes on and on. And it is there's, it just came to a point where I was um, we I just was talking can't make it. Go ahead, Shawnee. No, I should say we, we uh, you know, we, we talk about the unity that exists in the union now. And I've been saying that, you know, we, we are unified because there's really only one way to interpret the awful scenario that we're facing. And it's you we have to get what we're. What we're asking for, our peer, or we're not, you know, our people can't make a living. So, I, one of the issues, David, I was down there talking with the um, at the Culver lot, the Sony lot, with uh, the president of the Teamsters Union and the president of the Writers Guild, and um, I, I brought with me our our I printed out our proposal packet here that has our list of proposals on the one side and the list of their counters on the other, and I said I'm just going to pick one that I think you guys might find interesting. And there's a big crowd. Late pay, right? Late pay. They are consistently paying their employees late. Now, these are people who are, when they're lucky enough to get a gig and they have to work for the lowest amount of money, they're making them wait two weeks, a month, six weeks, sometimes three months. And the penalty they have to pay. What's the penalty, David? It's like twelve. What? What's the penalty? Whatever. Yeah, they just—it's nothing to incentivize them to pay. Yeah, it's 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 pennies, and they're basically saying, "We know we pay you late, but we're not going to let you. uh, We're not going to. It doesn't cost them anything. This is a this is one of our many proposals that doesn't cost them a penny if they pay their bills on time. And instead, they're like, "We know we pay it late. We're going to continue to pay it late. We're not going to let you raise the thing on us. It's a cost of doing business. I mean." And the problem with that is that if if actors or performers in our union are late paid, that could impact their ability to qualify for health care. Sure, because it's the health care. They have to earn a certain amount 
under contracted work within each calendar year. And if they're paid late, I guess that counts to the next year. So, and what, what is, how much they have to earn in a year? $26,470 this cycle, and it will go up next year. So and if you miss it by a buck, you're, you're tough luck. You're tough luck. And, and, and the majority of union of, of members of SAG-AFTRA, I'm guessing don't meet the minimum. Only 17,000. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. I'll be quiet. 87% don't qualify. Holy shit. That's a lot. So there's obviously a problem there. Um, Well, you know, the problem too, Nicole, was that we had, you know, until the health, we call it the health uh, plan debacle. Anybody can go to SOS health care, SOS health plan. SOS health plan, Francis? SOSHealthplan.com. And you can see what happened three years ago where the health plan out of the blue uh, uh, really slashed the benefits and raised the qualifiers. It used to be able, if you were over 40 years old and had 10 years of of credit at the union, uh, you could get health care for $13,000. And then we had different plans where you had a little lower plan at plan two, which was $18,000 to qualify. And then for our Cadillac plan, uh, it was about $32,000 to qualify. They got rid of the plan two and the, and, and the 13,000. They got rid of the 18,000 and the $13,000 qualifier. And they made everybody at one plan. At then it was about 25 grand. And last year it went up. It's going to go up 2% every year. Um, and that's because of funding levels. If we had had the, the caps, uh, the 15,000 and the $24,500 caps raised, in the last negotiation, which Sean Francis and I were also against that contract, um, that money could have mitigated uh, that that uh, dr- those draconian cuts, and people could have kept kept their benefits. Plus, the seniors, eighty two hundred seniors, were promised that if they had twenty or more years in SAG, that uh, they would have secondary health insurance mm-hmm. when they turned sixty five, and that program was just eliminated. And so, eighty two hundred people had based their retirement on that benefit and it disappeared. So um, there's blame to be spread around everywhere on that, but it could have been mitigated if uh, if more money was going in to the health plan. And wow. that's one of our concerns to make sure those caps are raised so that uh, people, so that when you employ someone for 50 grand, you're going to pay a contribution on 50,000, not on 15,000. Right. Uh, so this, again, we are, we're dealing with the SAG after strike today on the show. And I'm thrilled our guests are David Jolliffe, who you may remember if you're old, like, some of us uh, from Room 222, but you've heard him on commercials and and doing voiceovers and uh, voice acting uh, everywhere. Um, Francis Fisher, a TV and movie star. Uh, if you saw the boat movie, you've seen her. You you've seen her. Just look at her. Yeah. And Sean Astin, um, who uh, you know I fell in love with as Rudy. Um, <laughs> that was such a great movie. I just got to say. Um, and and thank you all for being here. But you know, you mentioned Sean the um, the uh, SAG after proposals and the the uh, counters from AMPTP. What does AMPTP stand for? Real quickly. Motion Picture, the Association of Motion Picture Television Producers. Okay, got it. So this, basically, a consor- It's a group. It's a, it's a group that all the uh, companies, all the network, the uh, networks, and the producers and the streamers now hire to do the negotiating on their behalf, and they're just terrible. Oh, my God. Well, there's a URL. I have it up on the screen, but there are a lot of people just listening to like old fashioned radio. Um, go to SAG after 
org, And this is there. So if you really want to read, and you should, you should know what they're, why they're out there walking these picket lines, why they're on strike, because a strike is not something you do undertake lightly. All of this is on that website. So go read it. Um, You know, it's good weekend reading. We we represent a lot of categories of different types of careers. You know, it's the actors, but it's also the background performers, stunt performers, uh, singers and dancers, broadcasters. We we represent a lot of people. And and a a lot of times, you know, in a negotiation, stuff just gets left off the table because it's like, oh, we can't get this done. And what Francis was saying before is like, not this time. We're going to actually properly represent each of the groups that is, you know, supposed to be looked after with uh, in our Union. Absolutely. Um, Francis, I, I love you're very outspoken. I guess you went on the KTLA morning news and they, they were afraid you were going to say fuck or something. One of my favorite. Oh, I said fuck and then they, <laughs> they cut it. Yeah, they weren't afraid she was going to say it. She said, <laughs> said fuck. So fuck yeah. them. Um, um, but Ron Perlman is an actor. He's also part of your board, right? There was a no. clip. No, no, he's not. He's, he he, he no, he's was a, a board member for a year or two. Okay. He's very yeah. outspoken. He's gotten very political. I enjoy his political commentary. Um, this is a little uh, video. He le- I'm not going to play the video, but I'll play the audio. Hopefully you guys can hear it. One thing before I get off this. The motherfucker who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, motherfucker. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the fuck said that. And we know who said that. And where he fucking lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 fucking million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, motherfucker. Be really careful. It sounds kind of shit that stirs shit up. Sounds like a like a like a movie role, but he's pissed and rightly so. Robert Reich, former labor secretary under Clinton, tweeted, um, we can't quote, we can't afford to pay writers and actors more. End quote. And Robert Reich writes, meanwhile, studio CEO pay is through the roof. Netflix CEOs, 51 million and 50 million. Nexstar CEO, 39 million. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, 39 million. Comcast CEO, 32 million. Paramount CEO, 32 million. Walt Disney CEO, 24 million. AMC, 24 million. Fox Corp CEO, 22 million. These are obscene numbers. And if these people would take a 25% pay cut, all these problems could be easily taken care of, right? Are you quoting Barry now? <laughs> I, I don't know who I'm quoting, but but any pay cut, they, 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 that things, all these problems could be alleviated, right? If they weren't so greedy. I just, uh, let me just start by saying that Ron Perlman is awesome and I love him and his, he, what he says and the way he speaks, uh, he speaks for a lot of people. What he said in that particular clip was irresponsible and he should not have said it like that. And I would disavow making a, such an explicit threat on someone. Gotcha. So, that was but, threatening. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, 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 let me, let me double on what, uh, on Sean was saying. We, this is a nonviolent protest. We don't condone any type of violence, and uh, that's not what we're about. We're about exerting leverage by withholding our services. Gotcha. But, I, but you said he's angry, and I'm about his anger. People people are angry because they feel like 
uh, you know, when there's a when there's a bully, you got to stand up to a bully. And that's what the studio executive said. We're going to wait until they're losing their houses and their apartments. It's a necessary evil. That's a very uh, inflammatory, horrifying statement. And it's indicative of their kind of mentality that they have. I mean, the, the way they spoke to us, you're like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't speak like that to people, particularly when you want something out of them. They want something from us. They want our agreement. I can't imagine how we're going to go into agreement with them when they are disrespectful and just in common courtesy level. And and so I, I understand Ron's anger. He's just got to, like, you know, control it a little bit. Right. I, I agree with you. I, but I get where the anger is coming from. And for someone to say that, we're, we're just keep them out until they start losing their homes. Who thinks that way? It was, I'm sure, I'm sure they're kicking themselves and the person who said it. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's true. They, the Fran said it in her, her wonderful speech when we went on strike, her press conference, our press conference that day. And she's like, I, she said, I cannot believe the way these people we've been in business with are treating us. It's like, oh, Fran, what a quaint notion that you should have people who want to collaborate with you. <laughs> like, um, you know, but we're we're not we're not going to take it. Well, this that's isn't- the problem. That's the problem with um, past negotiations, because <laughs> the administration would say things like these are our bargaining partners. And I never like that word because they are not our partners. They should be. You know, we we give them what they need and they put it out to the world. But uh, they're not behaving like partners. Well, this is also, also, this has been a slow burn, Nicole. Um, you know, over the past four or five negotiations, the AMPTP has been trained uh, by our side, that they could put these kinds of proposals across the table and we accept them. I just told you that Sean and Francis and I, uh, last in the last negotiation, in fact, the Los Angeles board rejected the deal. Um, uh, so this has been a long time coming, and we have a new president and a new executive director now who uh, – uh, this didn't happen overnight. This happened over a period of 15 years. I mean, and the ball – the balls of the producers to try and throw the statements that, that w- were made after those contracts were done in our face. Like, Hey, you said it was a great deal. Come on. You really liked it. And it's like, you know what? We were trying to like get along. We were trying to just survive. And now, and now at a certain point, people are like, can't take it anymore. You want to know the truth? The truth was a lot of us didn't feel that way. The truth is now people are in the streets marching around the country and around the world speaking up about the fact that those kinds of just consistent chipping away at your at your value, chipping away at your working conditions, chipping away and chipping away. At a certain point, you're like, wait a minute, are we are we like going to allow ourselves to be taken advantage of anymore? No, we're not. And so we, you know, very respectfully sat across the table from them with our list of proposals, which were generated from the members. The members, we met with the members for two, four, three months, whatever it was, you know, meeting after meeting, five hours, six hours meetings, listening to people from the different categories talk about self-tape issues, talk about their, you know, the background issues, talk about all these things. And then we got together with our, with our negotiating committee and we went into plenary for like eight days of like 15 hour days, 14 hour days, people dropping their like, but we wanted to make sure 
everything that we could possibly um, put in the proposal that was valid, that was legal, that was, you know, reasonable, we put in there. And so we went over there. We're like, here is a list of reasonable things that we expect you to take seriously. And they did not. You know, the thing about uh, labor, because we are a microcosm in the macrocosm of people who are being squeezed all over mm-hmm. the world. I was reading on Twitter. Twitter is still viable if you go to the right places. <laughs> there was an employee who worked for Disney. He was like a PA and they cut lunches. He used to be able to go to the commissary and get a lunch because he was an employee. They cut lunches uh. because it was cost cutting measures. So everybody who was not, you know, high up on the food chain uh, didn't get lunch. And you know what? The writers, when they were still when they were still in the writers room, this is a while back. They would give them this guy specifically because it was one guy who wrote about it. They would give him their lunch. Wow. Because they knew he was hungry. Wow. And and it just shouldn't be. There's so much money there. So you mentioned Disney, Francis. Um, Bob Iger famously came back into Disney to save them. Now, I got to tell you, I apologize for the idiot here in Florida, the guy I call Governor uh, Moron Death Sentence, um, and his war with Disney. That's a whole other thing. Uh Death sentence is horror, and it's the perfect name for him. Uh, Bob Iger went before the cameras the other day, and here's a little bit of what he said. We're in the midst of a writer's strike, and very likely it would seem to have a actor's strike. How is that going to impact things, and what are your expectations there? Well, I think it's very disturbing to me. I, you know, we've talked about uh, disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges that we're facing and the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. Uh, I understand uh, any any labor organization's desire to um, work on the behalf behalf of its members to get you know the most compensation to be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is. Just just not realistic. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So they're not being realistic? Uh, no, they're not. Why not? I can't, I can't, I can't answer that question. I, again, I respect their right and their desire to get as much as they possibly can in compensation for their people. I, you know, I completely respect that. I've been around long enough it. to understand that dynamic and to appreciate it. But you also have to be realistic about it with the business environment and what this business can deliver. It is and has been a great business for all of these people, and it will continue to be even through disruptive times. But, uh, you know, being realistic is imperative What do you here. do in the interim, then? Does AI well, start to it, it write a lot the, of scripts? It will, have a, it will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business. And unfortunately, the strike will. there's huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are, you know, who are support services. I could go on and on. It will affect the economy of, you know, different regions even because yeah. of just the size, sheer size of the business. It's a shame. It is it, really a shame. It, it, yeah, everything the you they're shame. doing. It's them. They're trying to make it like it's the writers and the actors who are doing this. It's them. And that's the narrative that we have to get out. And do, do you notice 
because he is so disconnected from what we do in front of the camera and what writers do who create the magic that we can express. He doesn't say once anything about the human value of this or respect. He only talks in economic terms because that's where he lives. It's sort of of mob boss rhetoric. You know, like, hey, this is very disruptive. I don't know if you're going to want to be this disruptive. It's like t- meant to intimidate you. And it's go, what are we supposed to think as negotiators? Like, oh, my gosh, we're we're being disruptive on, on or we're going to hurt people. Like, dude, bite uh-huh. me. Uh, I got something for you. I, you know, I, I do a one sided thing. A lot of times I listen to clips like that and I, I want to talk back to these people. And I have a little something that you may want to pull out at your next negotiation. It's this. I just need you to shut the fuck up because nobody asks you, bitch. I need you to shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Just shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Bow, bow. So it goes like that. Uh, you know, sometimes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> exactly. Shut the fuck up. Right. You know, because... we, have a, we have a proposal. Um, I mean, Nicole. Yes. Uh, your audience. The actors. What percentage of the of the creative force does do the actors bring to a project? They're the ones in front of the camera. They interpret the words. They bring the characters to life. Would you think that that would be worth maybe it makes up half of the magic that, you know, is, is brought 60, 70% and the words, uh, you know, what uh, we've asked for 2%. Two percent of the revenue on on our backs, and they have said no way, no how, never. And that little two percent would fix a lot. Uh, I wouldn't have those one cent residual no, checks. No, well, that's that's so. that's an insult. When you realize they spent more on the fucking stamp than they did than than the amount of the check, it costs. Money to send the goddamn check. Why are they sending checks? I mean, the whole thing is, it's insulting. Nicole, we, actors are like, I would say as a, as a species, are optimistic people. We're, we're empathic people. You know, when we, with our kids, you want to say, you want to, you want to, and maybe it's not just actors, everybody's like this, but you want to teach your kids about, you know, caring about your fellow human beings and about being generous and being respectful and these things. But what we learn in these kind of moments are, and it's, it's, it's a part of American life, whether we want to like, enjoy it or not, you get what you take, you get, you, you, you can't just expect someone to be nice to you and take care of you and everything else. So, you know, unions at this point are like collectively, and it's not just us. I mean, they're, the UPS is about to go out on strike if they're not already. And, I have somebody uh, in the chat room who works at UPS and yeah. Chris, he just said the same yeah. thing. We're about and to you're go. Like, you know what? I'm August actually going to take back the value that I bring. I'm not going to just let you like s- suppress my, me and suppress our people and, and and not value us when we when what David just said is true. If you were to ask an average viewer, you know, finish some show up on some streaming thing that you love and your your tenth episode is over, and you go, "What did you love about that?" 
And they'll tell you that the performers are what they love about that. And you say, well, would you want them to have 2% of it? Yeah, 2%. You know, I'm pretty sure the, the public would be like, yeah, yeah, let's give them their 2%. And let's get back to work. So, but the, but the streaming companies at the behest of, um, kind of Wall Street's expectations just act like they're poverty stricken. It's embarrassing. They they should be ashamed of themselves. They should be embarrassed to like stand at the PTA, you know, meeting or something like that with their kids and their families. And you go, yeah, this person sitting right next to you actually kind of is really interested in suppressing the wages and working conditions of one hundred and sixty thousand people in the case of our union. Like just just take a good look at that guy. He's real good looking. You know, he's got a great sharp suit on and fancy car in the parking lot. He's actually making decisions that are crushing other people. Bad shame on them. Well, it's true. And, you know, I'm wondering if you're seeing uh, when you're out on the picket lines and you guys are all in L.A. uh, and people are in their cars, what kind of response you're getting from the 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 average people? Are they honking in support? Yes, of course. Good, because I I saw a clip that that this uh, warmed my heart a little bit. Um, Boston University. Um, had, for some reason, David Zaslav (laughs) deliver, I guess it was a commencement thing or something. And here, I've got the video. And this is just... And that was the Writers Guild. They organized it. I watched them do it. Oh, it's awesome. Let's see see it, Nicole. Very quick. It just goes, it went like this. You want to be successful, you're going to have to figure out how to get along with everyone. And that includes difficult people. Some people. <laughs> hey, you're you didn't, right. You didn't uh, get the audience reaction. Yeah, well, they're there. They're chanting. Pay, you, it's hard to hear, but they're, the audience is chanting, and it's pay on the. Your pay your writers. Pay your pay, writers. Drowning him out. Chanting, pay your writers. That's the kind of shit that we need. That you need the guerrilla warfare kind of um, getting people I mean, involved like that. Well, oh, this yeah. is, you know, well, that's um, not guerrilla warfare. There's there's civil disobedience and there's good trouble. Like John Lewis always said, I, you know, that's just plain. That's just plain street theater. It's, right, right. It's it's getting people involved to make noise and get attention in a positive way. You know, drowning him out is a good thing. Um, and and yeah, there's this this guy. This is we could go on what they've done to Warner Brothers. The other thing is all the you know the the consolidation. My God, that's what killed the radio industry is all the consolidation, and now it's happening everywhere else. This guy is isn't he the head of Discovery that now runs Warner that it, it t- took over CNN and, and screwed that up and everything else, and yet. You know, you, you, it seems you're talking about 2% and little, not big numbers. But again, when they run down the studio executive numbers, those are big numbers. How is their pay calculated? I don't know how their pay is calculated. I'm sorry, David. Am I talking too much? No, okay. you're not talking enough, Francis. That, that list of numbers that you read to us and your audience earlier you add it all up. That was the value of our package in the 2020 uh, uh, negotiation uh, negotiated um, um, contract. And that's the package for everybody. And uh, this is a handful of people. Yes, that's absurd. Yeah, so we're looking. You know, we're we're asking for two percent of 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 uh, of the value that we bring to all of this. Uh, also, a big thing is that you know it's been 
known, widely known that, you know, there have been divisions within leadership of this union and everyone has been brought together by this. So when you have unanimous votes, I mean, unanimous uh, from all of the factions within this union that see what's going on here, you know that something's wrong and that something has to be corrected. Uh, so, you know, um, that is what empowers us right now and should scare the crap out of the other side is that they can't divide us on these issues anymore. We are, we are, we are, it's not on the waterfront. We're not coming at you that way, but we are withholding our services. We are going to be strategic in what uh, we're doing. We are unified in what we're doing and we will settle when the agreement is something that we can live under. We're not looking for things that we want. We're looking for things that we need. You cannot be sending one cent residual checks to people. That has to stop. Um, you had, we, we had it together in network television, you know, for the, for 30 years, 40 years, where when a show we ran, you, you had a, you know, a reasonable check that was sent to you to compensate for, for that rerun. Remember, reruns are in lieu of you working again. Right. Uh, and the whole thing started in the 30s when uh, out of New York on radio, Nicole, you know this because you're a radio historian, <laughs> is that they would do an eight o'clock show in New York. The band would play Tommy Dorsey or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they would do an 11 o'clock show for the West Coast. Right. So there was a live show for eight o'clock on the West Coast. Then somebody invented the record player and they started recording those uh, eight o'clock shows and the band was let go at nine o'clock. They didn't have that extra job at 11 o'clock on the East Coast. And they just used the, the recording to rebroadcast and replay what the work was. Workers got together and said, you are repurposing and reusing our work. We want to be compensated for it because it's in lieu of us doing that 11 o'clock job. You've heard a lot of trade people, and it's all come from management side, saying, well, when a carpenter builds a front door, he doesn't get paid every time the door opens and closes. He gets paid for that work. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is that you are taking that door, you are repurposing it in some way or another, and now AI really plays into it, and you are using that door, instead of having the carpenter make that door again, you're just using it again, and you've cut the work out from, from that person's, uh, uh, from that person work. Same door on a hundred different houses. You get to go, oh, you go to that door. Like, wait a minute, didn't you have to pay another thing to have the door on that house made? Like, no, we're just going to take the door from this one. I like the analogy. Correct. <laughs> so, so that's where it all came from. In 1960, you had the same dynamic at play where the writers and the actors went out on strike over residuals. And they got, uh, they had, res- they, you know, they, uh, some people lost. Uh, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my, my quasi stepmother, Shirley Jones, you know, Sean's mom. Yeah. Uh, who was, you know, uh, another Sean's. Different sorry, Sean. Sean the other Sean. Friend, yes. Sean Cassidy's the good, mom. The good Sean. <laughs> the good Sean. Um, Shirley Jones did movies, Carousel, Music Man, Sound of Music, uh, not Sound of Music, Music Man, Carousel, and. Uh, um, uh, um, um, Oklahoma. Yes. Or whatever, whatever. Those He's movies were done pre-1960. Shirley signed away residuals for those films. Anything prior to 1960 doesn't have a rerun attached. They gave that away in lieu of future residuals and 
two and a half ish million dollars put into a plan to start a pension and health plan. The irony that fell there was that people like Shirley Jones lost their secondary health care uh, in 2020 uh, um, uh, because she was in the senior plan and should have had and kept that senior secondary plan. So we want to reestablish these benefits. To do that, we need to have more money put into the plan to keep it solvent and to have a business model that works for professional performers. It is nearly impossible now, Nicole, for a journeyman actor. Look at those guys. You kill their sigils. It's one of my favorite signs I've seen for those listening. It's Mandy Patinkin, who <laughs> was famously in Princess Bride. My, name, my, name, my, <laughs> my father prepared to die. Right. So he's he got a sign. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, where, uh, uh, you know, people can't have a career anymore. It's become a gig because if you are paid you know, five or $6,000 to do a guest star and the residuals aren't there and you do four guest stars. That's a good little year for, you know, people that are recognizable faces and you made 20 grand, you're not going to qualify for healthcare. You're not going to be able to pay your rent. You're going to need a second job. That's not how it used to be 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. You had a cadre of journey performers where the industry took care of them. You And you had people that were running studios like Zanuck or Bill Self or or all of these all of these people who understood this, even Lou Wasserman. And because Lou Wasserman is, is quoted as saying, if there weren't unions, I'd have to invent them. You know, they were they were brutal, hardcore, sharp businessmen, but they know they knew they needed a workforce that was stable and that could bring the and could bring it when they needed it. So you had a cadre of working performers that could make a living. That same cadre today can't. Because yep. there's no the back end residuals have dried up. The there, you can't go out and get a quote anymore. It's all minimum pay. Uh, it, so it needs the, the business model is broken and needs to be fixed. David, if it was, if there was no money in this entertainment sphere, actors would go and they'd work community theater. They do. They'd travel around on a on the back of a buggy, you know, just because that's what we love to do. But there are trillions of dollars. I mean, you look at these streaming services and they talk about their hundred millionth subscriber paying 60 bucks or whatever it is, 30, 90, whatever, 89 bucks a month. You know, do the math. There's trillions of dollars. It's really, really not that. I mean, our executive director said it at that press conference. He goes, they could give us every single thing we want and it wouldn't affect their bottom line at all. So I I want to say something else, though, Nicole, because we we uh, with your show and 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 with your um, populist um, reinforcement, we 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 indulge in the anger. But you're sitting with three people on your show right now who are responsible people. We want to go back in the room. We want to have we want to look at these people who we say negative things about and shake their hand and talk about these issues and get to a conclusion and let people get back to work. I really think it's important that people know that uh, we our side shows urgency about wanting to end this. Their side is like missing in action. So I look forward to the moment when we can go back in there and behave as, you know, conscientious, responsible advocates for our people and, and do the do the work of getting to the, you know, the agreements that 
Good, good, good point, Sean. We are just reasonable, responsible people. Nicole, we have ten minutes left. Okay, and we've, we've we we maybe bored you and your audience to tears with with union stuff. Not at all. You have the three of us. You have the three of us here. What do you want to know? Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's talk about life. And, and, um, and, and well, you know, we could open the phones if you want to be really courageous. Nine five four eight eight nine six four one zero, or you could Skype in Nicole Sandler, all one word. I don't have a producer. I do everything myself. So uh, if anybody wants to talk to Francis Fisher, Sean Astin, David Jolliffe. This is your chance. Um, uh, uh, Spocko in the chat room says, could you ask them about how big the entertainment industry revenue is overseas and adds to the U.S. economy? Massive. It's huge. It's one of the largest you know, exports America has is, is our work. It's one of the areas where the Directors Guild negotiated uh, you know, a stronger uh, you know, result for themselves than in the other areas. And, and, uh, so it's, it, everybody knows that the international market, the entertainment market is, Whoops, you know, I, I, I pulled her up on Pam. I'm going to call you back on yeah. the other line. Cause I have the wrong, they're not going to hear you on this one. I realized I had it open on this computer. Um, Pam is a regular. I'm going to call her back on the other computer. I thought I closed it out there. There's always got to be a glitch. There's again, because I do everything myself, I tend to screw things up. But um, but, but Nicole, you, you should be commended. You know, Nicole produced probably the highest rated radio show in, in radio history, history. Uh, maybe I miss Howard, but um, uh, with the Mark and Brian show. And, uh, you know, you're a big time producer there, Nicole, you did a fantastic oh. job them and you then and you should be be commended for, Thank you. for your let for your legacy and work. Thank you so much. I appreciate I, I appreciate that. And, you know, there's another, David, a, a connection that you didn't even know about your counterpart in the New York uh, SAG after local, the second vice president is Jim Kerr, who does mornings on Q104 in New York City. He's the longest running uh, morning uh, radio personality, I think, in New York. I produced Jim Kerr and the Morning Crew at WPLJ <laughs> before I went to Los Angeles. That's how I got the Mark and Brian gig because I had done that. Yeah. So, um, D- uh, Jim says hello, by the way, and he no, he, say, he, he, back, he was very happy that I was having you three on. T- I actually invited him to uh, jump in and say hello, but he he said he's out, busy today. But um, he he thanked me for having you on. Um, okay, Jim's a good man. He really is. Uh, and again, yeah. I worked with him from. 85 to 87. So, yeah, I'm old. Uh, Pam from San Bernardino, you there? Yes, I am. Okay. You're on with David Jolla, Francis Fisher, Sean Astin. And I, as a former union member, I want to say I am behind you 100%. And don't bend. Don't let them screw you over. You are worth every penny you're asking for. So just keep strong. And we will support you. And, and Nicole, as always, thank you for what you're doing. And thanks for taking my call. You Bye. got it. Thanks for calling, Pam. Pam's great. She, she, she texts me uh, on the thing when she, she doesn't call in a lot. So it was nice that she picked up the phone. Um, how can we support you? What should we be doing? Just pay, atten- pay attention. Strike, well, there's a strike website that mm-hmm. is for the public, too. SAGAFTRASTRIKE.org. SAGAFTRASTRIKE.org. Right, it's right up there on the screen for those who are watching the video. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so so in, in New York, in Los Angeles, we've got our places all picked out. And across the country, in the locals like 
Uh, Atlanta is organizing uh, all of the locals. We have 25 locals across the country and everybody's going to be there. So there may be something close to you, whoever's out there in the middle of the country and not knowing how they can do it. Um, also, you know, you can uh, get on social media and and go to SAG-AFTRA on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and get the news and spread it around. Uh, I know that there was a talk about boycotting and, you know, unsubscribing to no, we uh, haven't we haven't uh, we, we haven't, haven't made a decision about that yet. Yeah. In, in fact, I had um, this show, you know, I, I run a couple of commercials, but I'm mostly based on listener support, like sort of like the public radio model uh, it shows open to everyone. I'm not behind any paywall, but people donate. And that's the bulk of my income which is not great. I had somebody send me a nice donation. She said, I, uh, in solidarity with the strikers, I canceled my Netflix, so I'm sending you the money I would send to them. Oh, wow. I would say, I would say that, I would say that um, uh, Duncan, I was on a call yesterday with a bunch of like 700 people that Duncan was our ex- ex- national executive director, and he was saying, you know, we aren't taking that protest step. That's a very specific like strike action but he said we do have a strategic plan. We are rolling it out, so stay tuned. And what I would just say to build on what Francis said, it's really helpful if people who listen to an interview like this, probably the people listening to this whole interview don't need to be told this, but you know, not just accepting at face value what the news media decides to highlight, what the corporate uh, executives, you know, the story they put out there, or even some of the kind of, lazy or destructive forces that turn up on social media and, you know, promote false information or denigrate uh, the concept of labor. It's like, you know what, Um, when when um, you asked if people what the vibe was, you know, people honk when they go by, when when Americans are given the opportunity to do the right thing and it's right in front of them, they 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 do have the ability and uh, a long tradition of doing the right thing. And so I would just say, you know, if if somebody um, speak back at it, if somebody texts or tweets something or whatever, and just people say that's actually I don't know if that's right. That's not what I heard. You know, um, it's, uh, SAG after strong is the uh, hashtag that we use. So it'd be great to know your support. Well, you know, we can, we can when, see who's doing that. We'll scroll through that list and right so forth. Sorry about that. I, I got to fire my producer. Spocko, hold on a second. <laughs> I thought I killed it. See, you know. I can't get through one fucking show without these technical well, we fellows. We, we, we did get close. Donations to the industry fund and the and the Would SAG, SAG Foundation. Oh, that's right? important. Did you hear what you said again? Donations to the industry fund. Enter, Entertainment Industry Fund, isn't that what that's called? They've changed the name recently. It used to be called the Actors Fund, and all we and also the SAG Foundation. That money can be donated. And help uh, performers in our union when times get tough. Most definitely. Um, all right. I was calling Spocko back, but but it's not working. Um, you know, one other thing. There used to be a – it used to be CEOs earned maybe 
30 times the the uh, the salary of their lowest paid employee or their average yeah. employee. Now it's it's gone way beyond that obscene. David in the chat room writes, can we insist that no one makes more than 100 percent of the lowest paid worker with a guaranteed salary, thus encouraging work to be found? Uh, well, start- you know, it, it, we're in it. We're, listen, we live in a capitalist society. Okay. Um, you know, we don't begrudge people from building a business and earning a substantial living from it. But, you know, you, you quoted that 30 times, you know, it used to be, it's three or 400 times now. It's obscene. Um, at what point does it become obscene when your work, listen, if your workforce was happy and you're earning three or 400 times what your lowest paid worker is, there's no problem. But when your workforce, especially one like ours, that's fairly sophisticated and is, as France calls, the center of the wheel, and we're saying we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. And you're making three or four hundred times what what uh, what your lowest paid worker is making. Uh, you have a revolution on your hands and you need as a leader, you need to quell it or there's or it's or it's going to be Bastille Day. And, um, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, we don't want a revolution. We don't want our business tumbled into chaos. We want stability and we want to have a place to go to work that's safe and and profitable for we, the workers, too. And especially when we're the ones that bring, you know, the magic and bring, you know, bring in the business that uh, it, it can be so profitable and, and sustain a lot of people. It, we did not go on this strike and take this action lightly. It was days and days and days and months of conversations and slowly coming to this point. Believe me, Nicole, these people you're looking at with Sean Astin and Francis Fisher and, and the entire leadership of SAG after and its members, uh, who voted 90, uh, 97.91% to go on strike. I, I, everyone understands the downhill, the, the downside of all of this and the effects that it, that it has financially all the way down to the Uber driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so this I, is a, David, I want to, I want to answer that question about capitalism for a second. Yeah. He, I, instead of docking or like suppressing the wages of the CEOs, I'd rather say, Hey, create the conditions like David was saying, where your employees are, you know, uh, paid commensurate with their real value, uh, or you're fired. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd, and they, that means they have to get on their shareholder meetings and they have to present a case and they have to include like the general welfare of their employees as one of the assets of, that they're relating to their employees, to the, to their shareholders. And if they can't do that, if they just want to like grind it out so that they can have maximum profits and and let their shareholders be, uh, you know, like so greedy and and mindless about the human life that's on the other end of their investment dollars, uh, you know, fire fire them and let's get some people in there who are good at it and let them make as much money as they want as long as the the base level thing is is responsible. Got it. Um, hey, Nicole, you should talk to your producer. It's three o'clock. I know, uh, and and I often run over because my producer. It, it you know just gets ahead of herself sometimes. Spocko has been persistent. Spocko, you there? Right. Yes, I'm this. here. We can go another hour. Spocko, this is Spocko. Go quickly. So excited to be able to talk to all of the people there, but especially uh, the star of Room 222. So that's really <laughs> what I wanted to say. Um, I, I would like to uh, go back to one of the things that uh, Sean said earlier. 
what is the message Sorry. you feel is not getting through to the public who are watching like mainstream news? What is the piece that you feel like the uh, the producers and the people at the top are pushing instead? And how is the best way that you feel it can uh, be made clear to the public? Francis, you raised your hand. Oh, yeah, great. Um, you know, corporate, cor- the corporations own the media. The media has consistently all highlighted the people, the 0.1% in our union who make a lot of money. And we were just talking about this today on the strike line at Radford. You know, we've all fallen prey to this, too. Like, you know, they only see us when we're in front of the cameras at an awards show. So it looks like we're all rich. Nobody realizes that those clothes were loaned to us. They have to be sent back. The jewels that we wear are sent back. It's all show business. Nobody sees the grunting and grinding that we have to do with, uh, our fellow members and all of our crews who are working 12, 13, 14, 15, sometimes 16 hours a day. And And, the media owned by the corporations that own the studios uh, puts that narrative out there. So it all makes us look like we're, you know, greedy or something. I mean, when you said the 25 percent, pay cut. That was what Barry Diller said okay. a couple of days ago. He thinks that the whole thing can be solved if a few movie stars take a 25% pay cut and the CEOs take a t- t- 25% well, this- pay cut. Like he doesn't even understand like how money is No, no because money doesn't mean anything to him. Francis, no, 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 no. He was saying that to, you know, half of this country there's there's a, a little bit of a divide between, you know, uh, people who are um, conservative or capitalist and then people who are more labor oriented. That was a way to sock it to labor. Let me let me pretend that that if you if you threaten the biggest stars with their salaries and you threaten the biggest uh, executives with their salaries, they're going to like go into agreement and suppress the uh, the job action that's happening. To me, I think of it as like, why do people play the lottery? There is no chance you're going to win the lottery, <laughs> but everyone wants to believe that they might win the lottery, and so they're going to. That's say, my whole retirement. That's my whole retirement plan. What are you? <laughs> right, well, you're, it's gonna, mine. you're the one who's going to win. But the point is that the image of Hollywood is has been so beautifully designed over a hundred years to capture people's imaginations about, um, you know, glamour and about wealth and and you know and all this you know fancy houses and cars and all this stuff and the people who get focused on in the news media are the richest people and everything else that is a fantastic mirage behind which the studio executives can run down everyone else in the business they because they know that they that nobody nobody wants to pop that beautiful concept the balloon that is the the glitz and glamour of hollywood well 
the way to get the public to understand that is what's happening in the street right now. There are people in the street marching with their picket signs. They're marching with their writers, friends and, 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 and labor colleagues. We're marching with the Teamsters. We're marching with UPS. We're marching with, you know, there's there's a movement in the country where you're sort of like, uh oh, this is like medieval times. We've 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 capped out. We've hit some sort of a ceiling and we can't do this anymore. Normal people have got their their real life experience has got to be appreciated by their fellow human. And I think when you look at the kinds of people I just came from Fox and walked walk the picket line with people at Fox and they're like normal people, good people, nice people, decent people. The, 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 if people are aware of that for a little bit of time and when it comes into their space over the next period of time, if there's some affinity there, that's how you answer it. And this is what we do. This is what we do. Right. Studio is not respecting. Okay, Spocko, I'm going to let you go because uh, I don't know. You're still coming through and you shouldn't. Um, We're going to have to wrap up in a minute because I need to turn this around so it airs on the Progressive Voices Network at 7. But real quickly, you know, this is a microcosm. Uh, your industry is is another industry. We see it everywhere. We talked about there's Chris in the chat room who on you it works for UPS. They're going to go on strike. We see you know uh, what ten families or something own more wealth than ninety percent of the the planet. Um, there's something seriously wrong. And uh, and you know the the entertainment industry is another industry. The handful of actors who are the you know making the the big bucks. Are the they're the exception, not the rule. And most of the people who work in your industry are not paid so handsomely. And in fact, most do it for the love of what the art and they're struggling to get by. This is not okay anymore. Uh, the 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 obscene disparity, income inequality, not only here but around the world, it, it, it something's got to give. Because we can't yeah, keep going it, like it, this. It, it's it's going to give. It looks like uh, Sean got frozen. Yes. He and, did in, and, in a bad uh, position. Yeah. There, there he's back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, back. we're we're the petri dish, and you know, the UPS workers the, that that group needs to be commended because it's not the it, it's the regular UPS people that are fighting for their their lower paid brethren on, right. on the on the on the temporary workers. Uh, that's who they're fighting for and striking for. It's really commendable what UPS is doing, and we uh, we salute them. And also to be air conditioned in the wind in the summertime and getting heat into their vans in the wintertime. Yes. That's an issue. Yeah. That's it's, huge. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's huge. Um, All right, you guys. Okay. Love you, Nicole. Love you, too. Thank you so much. Uh, Francis Fisher, Sean Astin, David Jolliffe. It's so good to see you again. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. And and thank you for allowing me to to help you let everybody know what this is really all about because um, I think this was an important hour. Uh, we'll share it. I'll make it available. It can go everywhere. So I'll send you links. And um, thank you and good luck. We're with you. Thank you. Good seeing you. Nicole. You too. Nicole. Bye-bye. All right. All right and everyone Bye. else, I will see you tomorrow. Um, it's Thursday. Howie Klein will be here. Bye. That That's a pretty like drastic ending, isn't it? I feel like I should play something to end the show. Um do I have anything? I don't think I have anything handy that I haven't played recently. Um, all right. You know what? Screw it. I got to go because I got to turn this around for progressive voices. So I will see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night.